Every lady needs a hobby. A Miss Fisher's murder mystery podcast. I'm Mackenzie. I'm Genevieve. And I'm Maddie. Maddie's here, which means this week... (laughs) We are reviewing Miss Fisher's Modern Murder Mysteries, episode four. Seasoned murder. Murder. (laughs) Murder. (laughs) Murder. That was my best Australian accent. It wasn't very good. Great. It was amazing. (laughs) I'm sure all our Australian listeners are now think you're Australian. How many Australian listeners do you think we have? Probably quite a few. You know, this knowledge is at our fingertips. Hold on. I'm yeah, looking yeah. I'm looking it up. Please stand by. Um, okay, about 7% of our total listeners. Hey, that's what I said. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, <laughs> hi, 7% of our listeners that are in Australia. Thank I, you for tuning I, in. I apologize to each and every one of you for that accent that I just did. And for everything that we probably get wrong about Australia. <laughs> you know what? We also have 227 listeners in New Zealand, which is a pretty big chunk, actually, considering how small New Zealand is. Way to go, Kiwis. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in, everyone, <laughs> all over the world. Um, also, just a little apology at the beginning of the episode. We've been radio silent for a while. But both, <laughs> uh, both Mackenzie and I got new jobs slash promotions, so it's been a busy few months since Miss FisherCon, but we're back in the game. We are back. And speaking of Miss FisherCon, I did want to say that the dates for 2020 have been announced, and it will be July 9th through the 11th in Richmond, Virginia. So, Maddie, this is much more convenient for you to attend. Yeah, East Coast. Woohoo. And if you've never been to Virginia, it is a delightful little town. Little state? Virginia Richmond. is a delightful town. I said, <laughs> you heard it here first. No, you said I Virginia. Said, yeah. I said Richmond, Virginia. Oh. Oh, Can we read. get the instant rewind there? <laughs> well, we're going we're gonna to have to get back to you during the edit, which, as the person who does the editing, I can make it be whatever I want. Anyway, uh... <laughs> So let's just say that I was right, and here's what we'd be like, oh, I was right. And then here's if I'm wrong. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, now that we got that out of the way, the point is, Miss Fisher Con 2020 is in July in Richmond. So plenty of time to book your flights and sign up for that. And I believe tickets are available. You can register now. So will the two of you be going? That's the plan. Yes. I mean, yes okay all right anyway so what did you guys think of this episode i was a little sad it was the season finale for a couple reasons one because there's no more to watch and two because it didn't have the oomph of a finale i wanted more yeah it um it was it was long and wasn't filled with all the drama that i really wanted to see yeah i felt like they left a lot of loose ends Mm -hmm. like as if they were you know planning to make more which I hope they do. And yeah. listeners, if you want them to, you should write to Acorn and say that you want more. That's the best way to get more Miss Fishers, uh, allegedly, we've heard. Um, but yeah, I felt like it was, you know, it didn't have the like romantic finish that I kind of wanted, no. which sort of actually I felt brought it more into the spirit of the original, you know, because they left us hanging. But Yes, although... Not to spoil my ratings for the end, I could have done with more sexual tension. Oh, yeah. The cheese straw, I mean. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that wasn't, um, I wouldn't put that up there on sexual tension moments with the, with the cheese straws, but what do I know? Yeah. Um, well, my first note, um, that I, the first thing I wrote down, which must have been within the first 15 seconds, was the racist chef is going to eat it and no one will be sad. Accurate. Although at the end, we learned that the chef was actually trying to help Rita with her opium addiction. So maybe he was painted in, in a worse light than, you know, maybe he yeah. wasn't just racist. Maybe he was also. No. I don't think that helping a rich girl with her opium addiction makes up for your racist remarks. Yeah, no, it does. It definitely doesn't cancel it out. You know, it's also, it occurs to me that it's a little problematic that in the beginning, Rita is like, oh, he likes to get too close, if you know what I mean. Like, he was rough and implies that he's, like, sexually harassing her, which is not the case. And I do love, or I do hate to see depictions of false accusations of sexual harassment and assault in the media. 
I don't know. I think we can all agree on that one. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So not my favorite there. But, I mean, maybe there's more to it. And he was also, I don't know. Yeah, maybe he was also doing that. Yeah, we don't know. They don't really say for sure. Yeah, but then kind of, it's they sort of, I felt like it was implied that he was actually getting rough in regards to the opium addiction. Right. But I don't know. Well, my first thought when I started watching this was that I actually accidentally put on like a cooking competition show. Are you kidding? I was like, wait, I thought I put on this picture. There's like a lot of like close-ups of vegetables and like some really like upbeat music, and I was like, okay, I. And then I was like, wait, no, what is happening? Anyways, that was my first thought about this episode. Yeah, I actually say I have to say that happened to me today too. I watched <laughs> the episode because I watched it originally back in May, and so I had to refresh myself today, and I was super confused for the first ten seconds. Um, you guys remember when I watched the wrong episode? <laughs> yeah. Was it this one? <laughs> no, no, it was the other one, the yeah. one before. I was I was initially excited about the cooking theme because I've been on sort of a cooking kick. Like I I watched that Julia Child movie, Julie and Julia, and then I got Julia Child's cookbook from the library and it made the beef bourguignon and I was like, "Oh, great, more cooking content. Just what I needed." But then it's there's not really very much cooking content. It's like, you know, it's like a baked Alaska with a bomb in it is kind of the most we get, you know? Indeed. No cooking content. Yeah. And I thought it would be fun to see the terrible, well, I wanted to see what the housewives were learning or maybe the brides-to-be. Um, and they, they snuck in a couple shots of food from that era, which I appreciated, like that little finger food and the mm-hmm. cheese straws. And then when Shirley is getting interviewed after <clears throat> her husband's murder, she's like chowing down on a bowl of jello. Oh, yeah, and that yeah. was, like, the height of Jell-O's popularity, I think, the 60s. Yeah, that was fun. I wish there had been more, but... It actually reminded me of... Because I got this the Julia Child's uh, cookbook, and the intro, it's the 40th anniversary edition, so it has, like, a whole introduction from Julia Child talking about how, like, what cooking was like in the 60s, and it was, like, housewives making things that looked attractive but were, like, maybe not tasty, and then described this meal that... She said it was, like, a Jell-O mold... Like green jello filled with fruit served as the uh, like the main course at a lunch, and it was described as phallic in shape. And then after the jello was, <laughs> they were served a cake that was probably made from a mix. And I was like, mm, sounds great. But that's what I was thinking of when I watched this scene. Jello is the main course. Anyway, sorry. Well, <laughs> that was like a whole thing in the '60s. I think there was like jello molds with the stuff in them, and then also like savory jellos like aspic you know like meat jello which is so so gross speaking of funny mixtures mackenzie with your minnesota roots have you ever had a snicker salad oh that's like fruit salad with the snickers bars cut up in it with whipped cream like cool whip yeah it's like grapes and cool whip and snickers bars and they call it salads (laughs) oh yeah i've had that at more than one picnic (laughs) that reminds me of (laughs) jello Yeah, sort of a yeah Midwestern delight. Um, so I noticed that they after the intro they have the scene of everyone eating lunch, and I really appreciated that Birdie appears to be dipping pretzels into a cocktail for lunch, <laughs> which just like goes to show she is the coolest lady. And I wish there's more of her. <laughs> Always. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I love this part because I love. I mean, I'm sort of weirdly curious about like what other people are eating all the time like I want to know what they have for breakfast and what they eat for lunch and like do they cook and what's in their fridge so I liked I like the little round robin that happened there that was cute yeah um I also have in my notes uh his wife is definitely cheating on him so I was right about that yeah I made a lot of predictions in my notes that came true which I was very pleased with myself yeah nice work um, did you predict that the accountant was the murderer? I did. Um, well, I thought it was between him and Rita because Rita was being so suspicious, but she didn't seem like a murderer. So I was leaning towards the accountant. Yeah. Yeah. I put that in my notes that I thought it was the accountant. And of course, that the wife would be the red herring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I also, though, Shirley, I think, is one of my favorite characters in the episode, even though she's kind of horrible. But I love when she's first talking to James 
and he's like, you know, tell me about where you were. And she's like, I'm not a suspect. And she's like crying. And she's like, do you have a tissue? And then she just like aggressively blows her nose into the <laughs> tissue. And I was like, what a move. You're just aggressively blowing your nose into a stranger's tissue. This is not a dad situation. It was, it was a full blow. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I loved that full makeup crying that she was doing with it just, like, running down her face. <laughs> well, I also liked um, when when they were showing the brides-to-be in the first couple minutes, how she said that she would teach them these, you know, skills for, like, pleasing their husbands or, enter- like, something about entertaining other guests. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. So there's your clue that she was definitely cheating on her husband. (laughs) Oh, for sure. Um, I also have in my notes, meet Cleva Murder. I guess I was trying to do like a Boston accent there. I don't know. It was funnier when I watched it. I don't understand. Like I just eliminated all the R's. Anyway. (laughs) Meet Cleva Murder. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Okay, I also noted that I definitely predicted there was going to be a fortune inside the cookie with a clue. I also thought it was hilarious. They didn't know what it was. Yeah. Is that realistic? I don't know. I meant to look it up and then I, I didn't. I think that, like, fortune, like, that's a super American thing. Yeah, I thought so, too. So yeah. it would make sense that maybe Australians weren't into that. Hmm. Or it just seemed like maybe this was the beginning of kind of there being Chinese restaurants in Australia. So it just wasn't mainstream. Because the Inspector Sparrow knew what it was. Because he's Mm -hmm. like, my wife gets it with her, you know, sweet and sour chicken. So. Yeah. I also noticed that once again, Peregrine is undercover and James immediately blows her cover by like yelling her name and running after her. I was like, (laughs) no, like she is a private investigator. You are a police officer. What are you doing? Yeah. And she doesn't, uh, she doesn't maintain the ruse for very long, you know? No, not at all. And she doesn't even take a fake name. She's just like, I'm Peregrine. Yeah. <laughs> um, what did people think? I can't remember if this was resolved at the end, but all of the scenes where Lucy was upset about Violetta. Oh, yeah, they never resolved that. Okay. Yeah, she just was like, oh, I have to go, like, both times. Yeah, never... that's why it didn't feel like a season finale. It was like that was something that they could, were going to carry into the next episode, but there's no more episodes. Okay. Yeah, hmm. I didn't even think of that. Okay, I was wondering if I maybe missed it, but it sounds like it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. Um... I had a bad prediction where I thought that Chung Lee was going to turn out to be a spy. So I was wrong about that. Although well, maybe we're just sensing his, um, you know, opposition vibes from, from his career as a journalist in China. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he definitely did turn out to have a secret past, so. Yeah, he was not who he said he was, really. Yeah. Um, I, I did note, I wrote, Rita, definitely a drug addict. <laughs> Just seemed obvious, right? Like when she was like barfing and like shaking and. I oh, I didn't come to that conclusion. I Did just you... thought I thought she was faking. I don't know. Oh. Did you think she might be pregnant? Did anyone, did anyone think that? No. That no. Hmm. All right. Well. I okay. This is sort of a tangent, but it, it irritates me in these shows where both so Shirley and her husband Graham. We're both cheating on each other. And this is such a trope. It's always like infidelity. And it really, it irritates me that there's like in every show, everyone's cheating on each other. And it's like, why? Why is that so prevalent in television? Um, the downfall of our society. <laughs> well, is it? I mean, I think it's fairly common in real life. So. But do you think it's as common as it is on television? I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. I've never cheated or been cheated on. At least I don't, not that I know of. <laughs> the cheating on part. <laughs> well, it says that um, according to Refinery29. Oh, okay, oh, here it God. is. A reliable source. Peer <laughs> review, I bet. <laughs> it says, uh, so, well, this well, is good. can't see it right now, but Maddie is, is smirking. <laughs> so the quote, they, they quote Jesse James also known as Sandra Bullock's ex-husband, you know, 
Um, and he tried to explain why he cheated, saying, in general, both women and men cheat. It's part of life. Who cheats on Sandra Bullock? Get out of here. That's Miss Congeniality. <laughs> yeah. Is that? Okay. So it says that. Sandra Bullock isn't Miss Congeniality. Well. She is. She is. I thought that was Reese Witherspoon. No, I'm thinking no. of Legally Blonde. I'm thinking of Legally Blonde. Oh, my goodness. Please okay, cut Very this. different film. Very different film. Oh. All right. One expert they spoke with estimated that 25% of men and 14% of women cheat in a lifetime. Another said they thought it was between 20 and 60% of couples in a lifetime. 20 and 60? The big range. Big range. How are they defining cheating, I wonder? Well, that goes on later in this article on <laughs> Defining 29. So if you're curious, you should read it. Okay. Well, I That's think I will. 20, 25% of men and 14% of women. I feel like on television, it's like 50% of everyone is cheating. I think that's because it's an easy plot twist. You know, it's just oh, lazy yeah. writing is what it is. I guess it's less interesting if it's like, and then... They worked through all their problems. <laughs> they exercised great communication. And then they created a compromise about the dishwasher. <laughs> it was a healthy relationship. Yeah, that's not great television. No. That's pretty boring. Yeah. And it creates very little like motive for murder. So, I mean, I guess that's a good thing. It's all like it's also a good thing that people don't cheat all the time, but Yeah. I mean, 20 to 60% of all people, it's a big percentage. In a lifetime, though. So that's yeah. if it's 20%, that's like one in five, right? So I think, I mean, if we're not talking about marriages, but just like all relationships everyone's ever had, if one in five people has cheated at some point, like, I could believe that. Yeah. 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 I desperately want to now start talking about people we know that have cheated or been cheated on, but that seems like inappropriate fodder for the podcast. We are putting this on the internet. Yeah, we will not be discussing. We can talk about that after the call. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Well, so I agree with you. Lazy writing. Total trope. Also, um, just to put on my old person hat, you know, maybe if there wasn't so much sinning on television kids these days would be better behaved <laughs> do you think that's what it is do you think that's what it is <laughs> i think that it you know i think that cheating started in the biblical times nope. i think it started with television <laughs> i honestly feel like there's probably less cheating now than there used to be because people are allowed to like have more sex before marriage and people get married later so they are better at picking spouses than they used to be like well i, th I think there's too much sex on television, too. So I think there's not enough. <laughs> um, I feel like stop me if I've already covered this territory. I don't think I have on the podcast, but I am so weirded out by the sex on The Bachelor and Bachelorette where they like go into the fantasy suite. And also the like I've only seen a couple episodes of the show, but when I was in high school, I watched it a little bit and there was none of that. And also they have these, like, choreographed makeout scenes on there now where they, like, they just see society is slipping but so I've seen I on television. say that I am an avid watcher of that franchise. <laughs> and if you have, if you want to get into it, Mackenzie, I would definitely recommend the last season because it was amazing. And, like, the, the Bachelorette, she is getting all of this shame from one of the suitors in like the final four. Oh wait wait no I think I watched um I watched all of the like YouTube 10 minute recaps of every yeah. episode of that season and it was the one guy was angry at her for having sex with other people right and she was like I did it three times was that her? Yes and it was like amazing like applause worthy and I don't know it yeah. yeah. He was basically like Jesus like you aren't you're not like living for God then. She was just like, Jesus loves me. And I had <laughs> sex. And it was just the funniest, weirdest moment. Yeah, it was really funny. But don't and you think that's all manufactured? Did they have to they had to take the franchise somewhere else because it was getting tired. So they added the sex in. Genevieve, you sound like a grandma. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but my my objection is not to the honeymoon suite concept. What I find strange is that it's a reality show. So we're supposed to be seeing unscripted content and they have these scenes that they show where the 
contestants are like making out with each other and like like laying on each other like you know like laying down which i think is you know it's one thing if it's scripted and acted and those are actors and you know that it's fake but i think it crosses a weird line when it's supposed to be reality and then it's almost like it's porn right like i i i just i want to read a think piece about it because i just think there's something fishy there but porn is scripted and like staged yeah, I guess, well, then, I guess it's kind of like... see anything more than kissing. Yeah, but it's, like, it's kind of graphic kissing, right? Like, they'll be, like, climbing on top of each other, like, on a bed. And yeah. I don't, I have no problem with seeing that in TV, but I just find it odd when it's supposed to be real. When it's like, oh, these people are just making out in the privacy of their own home and, and you happen them. to be watching. Yeah, right? Like, that's weird. I think that's really weird. But that's the whole... You pull back that's the whole concept of reality television is like that you're just watching people live their lives oh yeah i just think it's crossing a line that it wasn't previously you know it was firmly on the other side of it before i don't know send and me you know, the thing please whoever's if there's one on refinery 29 i'd like to read it <laughs> and i'm just saying young people see that and then they think it's okay and then our society slips <laughs> so my like closest childhood friend i got her to watch this season this season that just happened and she'd never watched it before and she is, like, writing her dissertation for her PhD in, like, literature of, like, the early 1920s, like, feminist writers. And she was like, oh, I, like, have, if I wasn't writing my dissertation, I would totally write a paper on this season. And then I saw a People article that quoted, a like, a college English professor who is now using this season in her classes. And, her, <laughs> and the students have to watch it. Whoa, that is fascinating. Yeah. Huh. Mm-hmm. Wow. I mean, I find the whole franchise to be so interesting because, like, the episodes are like, are they like 90 minutes now or are they two hours? Well, without commercials, they're like an hour, but they that's take a, up like a two hour slot. That's a lot. That's mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah. And then there's all the spin offs. It's like, I never thought they would milk so much juice out of this, you know? It's really. Yeah, like I watched because I started watching it with Maddie when I was visiting her at the Bachelor <laughs> Winter Games, and I couldn't stop watching it because I had to find out what happened. This is where you have to watch the YouTube recaps. They're like really short, and they no, just I cut out really, all the bullshit. I got really invested in who was going to be the worst at winter sports. <laughs> oh, this is amazing. So now I know what you what show you guys have to start podcasting about when Murder no. Mysteries is done. I have seriously considered this, I won't lie, but I think that that territory is really well covered. It is. But... Yeah. Also, I like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that. <laughs> so, anyways, Ms. Fisher's Modern Mysteries. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I would like to talk about the baked Alaska, or the, sorry, the Alaska bomb. Mm-hmm. Um, I presume that the Alaska bomb is what we would refer to as a baked Alaska, which is ice cream baked inside of meringue. Yes. Yeah, although there seemed to be a fire element to it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that was to get the the smoky shell. So, like, maybe she was putting the liquor on it and lighting it just to get that crispy flamed crust. Like, you know, now people have those fancy torches from Williams-Sonoma, but back then maybe there was some other way. <laughs> okay, I'm going to look it up. Alaska bomb. Okay. Um, yeah, because she clearly, she clearly knew what to do. and like. The person who put the explosive in there knew that fire would be poured over it. Because, um, like, those peaks are, like, are roasted a little, almost like a marshmallow. Mm-hmm. So I think there must have been some fire element to the dish. Um, this does, it does appear to be, like, basically the same thing. Um, although I don't see anything on here about, like, lighting it on fire with brandy. But, well, oh, yeah, okay, optional brandy or spirits to flambe. So. Yep. But so my objection is not to the flambe part. It's to the part where um, anyone would leave out baked Alaska as a treat for later consumption. (laughs) There's there's ice cream in there. (laughs) Also, someone might put a stick of dynamite in it and kill you. That's a serious risk as well. (laughs) Also, that long torch that was sticking out just like a tail. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, you don't expect to just catch a bite of wick when you're about to eat some meringue, you know? I've never eaten something like that. Sounds like you have, Mackenzie. Um, I haven't because I don't like meringue, but I was always fascinated by it as a kid because I was like, how come the ice cream doesn't melt? I don't understand. You know, because it just seems ridiculous. 
but have you guys watched the great british baking show no (sighs) like one episode maybe Oh, well, there's an episode where they do baked Alaska and one of the contestants, he puts it in the freezer, but he puts it in the wrong freezer and another contestant takes it out and it melts and then he just throws it away. And it's like very shocking because it's a very like tame reality show. But it's like everyone's like, he threw it in the bin. He threw it in the bin. (laughs) And then do they look behind the bin and someone's straddling someone else and they're making out? Just covered in meringue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, man. Exactly what happened. How did you know? He threw it in the bin. <laughs> um, also, why is Peregrine so bad at cooking? <laughs> <laughs> well, to say. we don't know a lot about her culinary upbringing, but... Well, she was living in a, like, trailer before she, like, at the beginning of the show. So maybe she just had limited kitchen space. Maybe. I mean, I just thought it was a, a kind of um, easy, easy cop-out way of showing her as a non-traditional woman. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think you're right. It was kind of, I think, again, this was a little bit lazy. Oh, so, you know, I interpreted that as sort of, like, she had kind of a, like, chaotic childhood. And sometimes you don't learn how to cook. Um, also, like, but the cheese straws, like, who bakes something and then doesn't try it? That I find very strange. Or maybe it was, like, she hated cheese straws, but she was just learning to make them because it was, like, entertaining 101. I don't know. I did think that. I was like, why didn't she try that? Did you guys think that the meal she made for Steed that he said he liked, was it actually good or was he faking it? Will we ever find out? I think it was actually good. All right. My theory. Um, I know I'm really skipping ahead by going to this, but like who crashes a date like that? Like, would you, if you knew your friend was having dinner with someone that there was like a lot of sexual tension with, would you just like show up with an alternative dinner and all your friends? Like, no, you never do that. Madeline, you, have you done that? (laughs) No, I haven't. (laughs) I'm trying to think of a time where maybe I've accidentally done that. I don't know. I mean, no, nothing, nothing that I'm going to say right now on this podcast. <laughs> Are we tabling this till post-recording? <laughs> no, I don't know. My coworkers did go to a bar last Friday. I wasn't there, but allegedly a- another person that we work with was there on a date. And I was like, why would you go on a date to a place that, you know, all your coworkers go all the time? But, uh, you know. Well, was it a first date? Like, was it a safety thing? I don't think it was a first date. I think it was like a, you know, sixth date sort of a, you know, new <laughs> relationship. Like like new relationship, but not first date. Huh. Yeah. Maybe they wanted to run into the coworkers so they could introduce their date. Maybe. Maybe. I should dig deeper for details. Please report back. Okay. Yeah. Can I, can I go back to the sex, though? Yes. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so we find out that Shirley is having an affair with the mayor because these both of these cheaters were cheating on each other. Mm-hmm. And she reports that her and the mayor were in the back of his Jaguar at Excuse the me. country club. The back of his Jaguar? Oh, sorry. I think you mean? Yeah. <laughs> I've that in my notes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but I mean, I'm. I'm, we've all been there, right? It's your spot is is just the car. But when you're the mayor, are yeah. you still making out in the back of a car? If you have a Jaguar. How big is the back seat of a Jaguar? <laughs> Not big, I don't think. Also, it was the middle of the day. This was her lunchtime alibi. And she yeah. said they were at the golf course. They're just in his car. Yeah. I, when I was a kid in high school doing this, it was more like parked down a country road like (laughs) near a gravel pit you know it was not not at a golf course at lunchtime i think that they maybe you know like the thrill of that madeline (laughs) the mayor (laughs) the mayor he's you know he could get caught (laughs) sex scandal yeah Hmm. and who knows Maybe it's, you know, in the woods, down the fairway, the (laughs) 18th hole, if you know what I mean. (laughs) The 18th hole. 
Yeah. Who knows? Wow. It's wow. Not, maybe it's not just like, you know, a circle where you take your car to the valet. It could be somewhere tucked away at the country club. Yeah. Um. Oh, also, I... I like once again would just like to rag on Violetta's lab with oh the God. like the stupid beakers. It's like the somebody <laughs> went to the like bubbling test tube school of prop magic. Like the the just like red food coloring situation and the smoke coming out of those beakers. Like it's pretty silly. But she got to the bottom of it. She found out that it was what they thought it was. It yeah. Was, they yeah. Just Natalie, did you write that line down because you thought it was especially stupid? <laughs> because I, I remembered it because I thought it was especially stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, we talked about the sciencing in the last episode, so yeah. I was paying close attention. I also just want to note that if this were Miss Fisher's murder mysteries, they would have just fucking smoked the opium, you know? Like, Dr. Mack would have been like, well, I'm the doctor, you know, and she would have just taken a puff of that opium, so. That's just, what they did with the, the nerve powders. Well, yep. you know, they had all they have all these people trying to clean up society who were really getting, cracking down on the fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's a real shame. Yeah, so for for the modern mysteries, they had those people cracking down on the opium smoking, and today we have Genevieve cracking down on the TV sex. <laughs> I'm just saying, maybe if more wholesome families were portrayed on television. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right, because if more wholesome families were portrayed on television, people might watch less television. Right. They just get out there and do other things. <laughs> Like have sex with each other. No. <laughs> no. They live wholesome lives. Ugh. Um. Oh, I've already forgotten. And then Lucy and Graham are have they just been together once, right? <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to say having an affair, but I think the having implies it's ongoing and it wasn't. Well, yeah. he was dead. I mean. He's dead, so. But I think she said that, she, like, she didn't want it to continue, and he did. Yeah. Right. Um, I did like that before Shirley got blown up, that she and Lucy appeared to have, like, a reconciliation. And I liked that moment. It was mm-hmm. like, this is not a TV show about, like, petty femaleness, which is, like, I feel like so often the stupid plot line that's, like, women fighting over a man. They were like, no, let's bury the hatchet and save our business, which we're now running together. Like, I liked that. Oh, yeah. Like, Actually, I wrote girl power in my notes. <laughs> and that's classic, you know, Miss Fisher. That's the franchise right there. Like, this is not just your normal television show where the women would be like, would not have that moment. So Yeah, yeah. just dip another pretzel in that martini and get down to business. We don't have time to fight over a man. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> that's my new motto. Yeah. So, in another random moment that I'm going to talk about right now is (laughs) when Rita is is kind of laying on the edge of the pool um, and gets partially drowned. Yes. I, when I first watched it, I thought that by the way that, like, she came out of the water and no one was around, I thought that she was super high and was, like, imagining someone doing that. Yeah, I kind of thought that, too. Yeah. Yeah, it turned out to not be the case, but... Well, do you think she was high? Like, it happened, but she was also just high? Well, yeah, because she's like, I don't remember who it was. Although maybe she was just saying that because she didn't want to reveal the whole thing. Yeah. But just, like, the way she had her hand in the water and the music was playing, it was like, okay. Mm-hmm. <sighs> um, so I did do some research. Oh, did you? How have you been holding out on us? <laughs> I don't know. We hadn't gotten to that part in my notes. Because this has been a very ordered conversation. (laughs) Um, So Sparrow says something about the white Australia policy. So I looked it up and it was policies meant to keep out non-European immigrants, um, which started in 1901. And they were slow. These policies were slowly dismantled after World War II and then ended in the mid 70s. So this is sort of in the middle of them starting to allow more like 
Asian immigrants in, but not really. They weren't fully there yet. And of course, Sparrow, the like stereotypical villain in the series, was was all for the racist policies. But it feels kind of shocking that it was called White Australia. Like yeah. I feel like usually racist policy is more carefully couched in language, like you know, "Make America Great Again," for example. <laughs> well, I don't know. I think it was just a phrase that was used to describe the policies. I don't know if it's like officially the name of the policies. Okay. I also thought that it had, you know, a really mm, important nod to what we're seeing right now. And especially with the, you know, you could be a skilled master chef and get in. Right. And nowadays you could be a like billionaire businessman and get in. But if you're someone seeking refuge or political asylum, that doesn't cut it. No. Oh, that's a really great parallel. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. The Anne Franks of the world are out of luck. Yep. Well, that's depressing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, I honestly don't have any other notes. That was it. That's all I've got. Okay, I have something that we can discuss. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I noted that Rita reminded me of Britney Spears. Discuss. Oh my god, me too. Me too, honestly, yes. That's amazing. Is that and then I thought, today, Rita would have a really weird Instagram account. <laughs> Hashtag free Rita. <laughs> That's so good. Um, you know what I love about Britney Spears' Instagram, though, is I love it. I love that she's dating a younger man. You know, you don't see that often. You too. Yeah, he's like a huge, like, what is he like a dancer or something? He's just like really buff and like, like hot. And definitely not after her money or anything. <laughs> I mean, maybe she doesn't have access to any of her money, so. No, oh, that's right. All right, <clears throat> I'm now going to treat everyone to the most recent Britney Spears Instagram post. Please do. Um. Okay, this is a mirror selfie video of her in a very short, low-cut red dress. She, okay. Then after that, a picture of a chocolate shake, and she says, I literally drank the chocolate shake in two seconds. I haven't had chocolate in a while. Well, this is the beauty of Britney Spears' Instagram, because it's like, it's basically your, like, Aunt Mildred's Instagram, but it's a, it's a pop star. So, you know, you'd never catch that on Beyonce's Instagram. No. Also, all of her clothes are from the 90s. I checked. Yeah, she's trapped there, it turns out. Uh, a lot of inspirational quotes. Oh, but yeah. here she is doing partner yoga with her hot boyfriend. Well, I'm going to check that out. Yeah. Oh, I did think it was weird that someone was able to sneak unnoticed into the police station and attack a police officer. But, um... Oh, we yeah. mentioned one of the storylines coming to a close, which is the uh, old Sparrow and his little trist. Oh, the sexy photos. Yeah. <clears throat> I didn't like that she gave up that evidence so quickly. Yeah, I thought the whole point of blackmail was that it could be ongoing. Like, couldn't they have used that to um, just be like, hey, if you don't do what I want, I'm going to release yeah. these photos. Yeah, I was, I I don't know. I guess it was, like, the right thing to do, but I, then it's just, like, Sparrow got away with all this corruption. It really annoyed me. Yeah. Although, you know, I think that's probably how the dude snuck into the police station. He probably was like, oh, I'm here all the time. Just coming here to drop off a package oh, for yeah. Sparrow and just hit him yeah, with yeah. a meat cleaver or whatever that was. Right. Maybe it was a tenderizer. A tenderizer. I'm going to tenderize your face. That's, so, I think that's what it was. Yeah. yeah. You don't see those in kitchens these days. <laughs> pre-tenderized meat uh when i was making that beef bourguignon or the boeuf uh i bought all the beef from wegmans and i looked at both packages and they both said beef and one of them was pork can you eat <gasps> that yeah yeah <gasps> <gasps> i almost went back and was like this was pork and they would have been like do you have it and i'd be like no i ate it you know but do you have the receipt? No, I threw it away immediately as soon as I left the store. But I just want them to know that they made a mistake. Have you ever been at a grocery store when someone is, like, trying to return stuff in front of you? Um, yes. Because <laughs> it's, like, I mean, I just, like, I've had feelings like you let your food all rot and now you're trying to return it. Oh, God. Like, I've been there when someone's, like, returning, like, dozens of pieces of rotted produce. Wait, really? Yeah. 
I didn't know you could do that. Well, it's not good form. Right, right. Yeah. I was once at Costco trying to return one thing that like didn't fit or something behind in line behind a person who was returning a large cart full, a Costco sized cart full of a goods. Costco sized cart full. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guilty as charged. But you know how big those carts are, they're like double wide. And I was like, why why has this happened to you? Like you you're either running a scam or you just came here and went on a shopping spree and then regretted it and decided to bring it all back. Which you know what is more responsible than just keeping it all. You're right. Yeah, you're right. I shouldn't be shaming someone for that decision. I was just annoyed because I was behind them in line trying to return one item. But so it goes. All right. I have two more notes and then I'll and then I'll I'll stop with my random thoughts. First, if this, my thought was that Phryne would have been getting some action with the Chinese journalist who's on the run from the law. Oh, you're absolutely right. And I think, I thought they were hinting at that when I know. she invited him over to her house and then Steeds shows up and he doesn't even seem jealous. It's like, he's not even like, oh, were you inviting that man over here to bang? No, he just thinks that she's investigating. And she was. I'm just saying Phryne would have been doing some more private investigation. Some private investigation. <laughs> well, like, A, he was hot. And B, like, they, they also showed him what I thought they showed him sort of flirting with Lucy. And I thought that was going to go somewhere. But then it just turned out, you know, that he was, like, faking being a chef and she was in on that. Yeah. Wow. She could have given us more sex. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess this, this is a retraction of my earlier statement where I was saying there's too much sex on TV. And now I'm saying I wish there had been more sex. Yeah, I'm getting a lot of conflicting messages, Genevieve. I'm really, I'm really sorry. All right, what was your other note? Okay, why was the airplane ticket in the box? Why? Um, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> the accountant had left his airplane tickets inside that box where the money and drugs was exchanged. Mm. Um, I think that was for plot reasons, Genevieve. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess it was like a lot. It was like a locked box. I did think that as well. But it's funny. Like, there's just such a paper trail in these shows. Alrighty. Well, was that your your only your last thing? <laughs> yes, I promise. Ratings? Yes. Um, murder method. I gave a nine for the bomb Alaska. Um. <laughs> yeah, I have to give a two for a knife. Was the first murder. Or it's like, come on. Yeah, that one was, I, I didn't even rate that one. It was boring. And then the bomb Alaska is like a bomb. It's a bomb. Also not so creative. Yeah, but it was in a cake that he knew she would set on fire. All right, maybe a three. Yeah, I'm actually, I am actually going to have to go with a high rating for the bomb Alaska. Um, Just so, you know, it's, it's ridiculous and it's also a pun. So I appreciate mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Um and then yeah so I'll go with an, a nine for that and then a negative five for the meat cleaver because like and, and also just like they show you all these duck heads on hooks and you expect to see the body on a hook and then it's not on a hook and that's just disappointing. Wow, I saw a little bit of evil in your. <laughs> <laughs> the murder was not gruesome enough. Well, I mean, you know, we do have a whole show about a show about murder, so I embrace it. I embrace it. <laughs> Um, all right, who had the best week? I would say that Rita had the best week because, and hear me out here, I can see your little faces. <laughs> she no longer has to live with this crushing secret. She got it out into the open and people understood. You know, I, I actually agree. I was going to say Rita too. Oh. You know, she, she got a huge weight off her chest. Like she got basically like forgiveness for crashing the car. And she's going to get some help with her drug problem. And she doesn't have to be a drug runner anymore. That's interesting. I had Rita's worst week, so. <laughs> well, it was sort of a best and worst. Sort yeah. Of a worst, sort of a worst life situation for yeah. Rita. Yeah. And just, like, having to tell <clears throat> the man that you killed his wife, that you killed his wife. Like, I, that was just rough. It was rough. <clears throat> yeah. Well, so who was your best week, Genevieve? I had Sparrow for the best week. He was a crooked cop, and he got a really big break, and he got away with being a crooked cop. But he also gets whacked with a meat tenderizer. It's like collateral damage. He totally just got off scot-free for all the, like, crap he's been pulling the whole show. Yeah, it's probably worth it. Um, 
So for worst week, uh, I went with Samuel because yeah. I just felt like he had to relive all the trauma of his wife's death. I'm going to say <clears throat> Steed because his moment, his moment is interrupted. And just like so coldly interrupted too. Like she could have said, they can wait. Tell me what you want to say, James. She didn't. She just ran to the door. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, who does that? When you're about to get fucking kissed, you're like, I'm going to just not, I'm going to not answer that right now. All right. Best outfit. Um, I, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, same scene that we were just talking about. I really liked her dress with the cape that was built in. Oh yeah. That's pretty cool. Oh, spoiler. I did not like that at all. <laughs> and in fact, it was my worst outfit. Wow. I usually agree, Mackenzie. I know. I'm sorry. I just didn't, I didn't like it. And I don't mind a built-in cape. I just didn't like the color of that. I don't know. I don't like it. But for best, I had Rita's bikini. Oh, yeah, it's a fantastic bikini. I love a 60s bikini. I had Birdie's. She had this great skirt that she wears when she comes over to Peregrine's and eats the cheese sticks. Mm. It was like kind of high-waisted with some buttons and pleats. It was very, I don't know, it was classy. I liked it. It it changed up from the leather vest. Yes, also the leather vest. I mean, basically anything Birdie wears is my favorite. What did you guys have for worst? I had Shirley's outfit that she wears. Like, she's wearing it when she gets killed. It's like a weird vest with a lot of frills at the collar. Oh, shit, you're right. I forgot all about that. That's way yeah. worse than a cape dress. Okay, I amend. I amend. Shirley's death outfit. Hmm. Thank you. I feel vindicated. <laughs> um. Honestly, nothing stuck out so much to me. But, again, with the lady cop... Her outfit was bad yet again, and looked especially bad in this out in this episode. Yeah, I she that character had so much potential, and I feel like it just missed opportunity. Totally. Yeah, yeah, I wanted more from her for sure. You could have done more there. And she just needs some trousers. That like midi skirt was not working. Yeah, it's gross. That wasn't her fault. I'm sure that was like just the female cop uniform. But <laughs> uh, new skill baking. even if you barely acquire it still counts maddie well can you go first genevieve (laughs) oh that was that was my skill too Hmm. (laughs) yeah i mean it's pretty obvious that seems to be the one from this episode (laughs) (laughs) yeah i don't think what else does she do like she learns to use a recording device that doesn't seem like it really counts and yeah. if this if this were the Miss Fisher the original, like she would already speak Chinese, so. Yep. All right. Well, sexual tension. Mm. No. Point five. Point five. That's what I'm giving it. I'm giving it a point five too. There's like lots of opportunities where he's over at her house, and you know what? Their faces never even get close together. They're never they're never even close to being close. No counterpoint when she gets knocked out from the bomb and is laying on the floor he, there's a lot of touching oh that's true yeah but so i gave it a three okay. i'm feeling generous okay fair 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 maddie well i i agreed with your point five. Oh, okay all right yep. so not a great episode for sexual tension no alas well does it leave you wanting more for season two it, it does. does it does actually yeah yeah if they had just made out at the end, I would have been like, okay, well, put a pin in that. I'm done with it. But as it stands, I'm like, maybe they'll make more. Yeah, and I am totally on board because I'll tell you, this is just kind of a recap of my thoughts on modern mysteries. I feel like there's a lot of potential because I love Birdie and Samuel has grown on me since the first episode a lot. There's a lot of potential with this adventurous club. Oh, yeah. I think they could do a lot more. I want, I want- like, like more for Birdie. Yes. Um, and yeah, I, it's weird that they buried the Samuel dead ex-wife or, you know, dead wife thing for three episodes, because I think it makes him more, um, likable. Like it, the first three episodes, it was like, what's this, this like sad guy who's just like, his only friend is his sister. Like, what's that about? No, we knew he was a widow. Yeah, we knew knew his wife had died. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess I just don't pay attention and now I sound dumb. (laughs) He talks about it, like, that we learned that about him when he first starts being interested in Violetta. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I guess yeah. I forgot. Well, does that wrap us up? I think so. Any other thoughts on the, se- on the, this? Well, I just, I mean, I know we've been 
you know, this has been sort of a downturn with, with our comments about this episode, but I think overall, I loved the costumes, loved the sets, really liked all of the actors in mm-hmm. the series as well. Um, and so, yeah, like was said before, excited to see what happens next. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I love the period. I think it really kind of had some cool storylines. This last one was just, I, I like I said, it didn't feel like the finale, but some of the other storylines, even though they're a little bit like out there, I, ca- I kind of liked them. Like, I liked the space one. I'm not going to lie. I liked it. I did too. I think my favorite was the one with the like music show. Mm-hmm. I liked that one. I mean, yeah. great murder method in that one. Oh, wait, the shocking, like, yeah, yeah, the surfboard thing. Death by funny. electric surfboard. I mean, yeah, it's good you stuff. Don't... You don't see that every day. No. <laughs> okay, well. Well, guys. <laughs> All right, well, we may have Maddie back again at some point, so. Stay tuned for that. Nope. Text Maddie to 1256 <laughs> if you want to see me back on, listeners. <laughs> Is that like an American Idol reference? Uh, sure, yeah, or Dancing <laughs> with the Stars. Okay. Okay. Um, and then also stay tuned because details TBA, but we will have a Christmas episode for you all to tide you over for the rest of the season break, uh, where we will cover the season two Christmas special, Christmas in July. I forget what that one's called. Murder under the mistletoe. Yeah. Yeah. So that's coming up. It's going to be an unusual format. Uh, so get excited. Also, there will be drinking involved. So. There will be. Mix up your hot toddies. Oh, yeah. Get your coziest Christmas sweater. Oh, yeah. And stay Mm. subscribed. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, until next time. Does anyone remember what it's called? Seasoned Seasoned murder. murder. Seasoned murder?